ladies, it's Brittany Brazel. The Lord has given me a passion for motherhood and homemaking. From that passion, a ministry has birthed no higher calling. There is no higher calling on my life than to be wife to Simeon and mama to my littles. I still have so much to learn, but as I continue to grow, it is my desire to share the truths God is teaching me. Ladies, welcome to this episode of the No Higher Calling podcast. I am on today with Simeon. Hello. We are talking about why we feel that God has led us to homeschool our kids. Um, homeschooling is something that is a topic that I'm just really interested in. I've done a lot of research on, read a lot of books about and blogs, um, studied a lot of different curriculums. And actually, Simeon and I will share a little bit more of this, but We were actually homeschooled for a time ourselves, but we want to talk about why we feel like God has led us to homeschool our family. Now, in the beginning of this episode, I just want to remind everybody that we are very young at personally being homeschooled parents and a homeschool family. Um, We homeschooled Eden for K-4. We are currently homeschooling her for K-5. We're going ahead and following the Australian school year since, Lord willing, we'll be Um, in Australia following that next school year. So we started kindergarten in January. So we have about nine or 10 more weeks to wrap up her kindergarten year. Um, But we are new at being a homeschool family ourselves, but it has been a topic that, I mean, we've talked about for years. Um, I went to a Christian school up through fifth grade And then I started homeschooling sixth grade on. I actually wound up cramming and doing four years of high school in three years. And I started college a year early. Um, That was just something that I really wanted to do. I loved school, so I shoved it all in fast and started college when I was 17. So anyway, um, but yeah, so... My family started homeschooling when I was in sixth grade, and we used the Abeka DVD curriculum. Um, so I am a homeschool parent, but I was also homeschooled as a student, and I absolutely loved being homeschooled. Like at first, when my parents first told me, I thought, this is just the end of the world. This is the worst decision you can make for me. But God just worked in my heart, worked in our family, and I, I wound up absolutely loving being homeschooled. I'll let Simeon share a little bit of him, his homeschool background. Well, my parents got sick of me getting in trouble. And, um, <laughs> so they pulled, me, they pulled me out of school and decided to homeschool. We went with Bob Jones. Um, well, back up. You were in a Christian school. We were in a, I, yeah, I grew up in a non-denominational school uh, through elementary school, and we went to a uh, Baptist uh, church's academy when I was in junior high school. And then um, in my high school years, they started homeschooling me um, and my younger siblings. So they um, basically, we, we did Bob Jones University DVDs, and um, it was one of those things where I didn't really use the DVDs, so <laughs> I kind of self-taught um, and didn't really do what, they, what we were supposed to do necessarily. But um, I learned everything that I needed to learn so that I could work full-time while I was in high school, too. So that was that was nice. So I, I really enjoyed it as well because um, I was one of those students that got into trouble because I was bored. And I could get school done in two hours doing homeschool, which sounds ridiculous. If you're listening to this and you don't know anything about homeschooling, you're thinking, there's no way that kid got school done in two hours. But I did. And uh, I graduated with the same or better grades than I had before. So <laughs> it's just different. Yeah, so basically we are not homeschool parent veterans yet. Lord willing, one day in the future, I hope we will be. Um, But we have 
varied different spectrums and outlooks kind of on homeschooling as we've seen a lot of different perspectives of it. Um, Actually, I'm so I'm the oldest of four. My younger two siblings, one is 15 years younger than me and one is 10 years younger than me. They were homeschooled for a time and I actually was super involved in that. So this was like late high school, early college, but I actually like taught my sister's grammar class for a while. So anyway, all that to say, it's something we've been exposed to and thinking about for a long time. When Simeon and I, even when we were dating and talking about a family in the future, we knew that homeschooling was something that we were interested in just because of our personal experience with it. But God has continued to grow that in our hearts and develop that desire to be a homeschool family. Now, I want to say, I, I don't think that everybody... God doesn't lead everybody to be a homeschool family. So don't listen to this and think like, oh, well, I send my kids to public school or my kids go to a Christian school. So she doesn't agree with my educational choice. I don't think that at all. I think that is something that as a husband and wife, you have to come together and come before the Lord and really invest prayer into that decision. You know, ultimately, God gave you and your husband, your kids, and nobody else really has a right to make that decision for you. Other people can inform you of different, you know, positive and negatives. Other people can share their experience, which is what this episode is. But that's a choice that you make and every family is going to look different and you follow God's leading because wherever God leads, whether it's down the exact same path that we are on or a totally different path, if it's God's leading, it is the perfect path for your, for your family. Um, but for us, for our family, we do believe that after praying through this and just thinking through education, what do we want it to be? What do we see as we look around at some other educational models and results, um, kids that are coming out of different educational systems? Um We just believe wholeheartedly that God has led us to being a homeschooling family. Now, homeschooling is so much more than a choice. When you make that choice to homeschool, it really becomes a way of life. Just because school and education now is such a centralized part of the home, it just, it it really becomes, I mean, you're kind of labeled. You are a homeschool family now. And um, there are so many different ways that you can homeschool. I'm actually going to address this a little bit in the next episode about choosing curriculum. Um, You can have homeschool that basically is public school or Christian school at home. That's really what Simeon and I experienced in using the Abeka and Bob Jones DVD curriculums. And we got a solid education. We both graduated, I mean, in the tops of our class, honors, did well in college, and I'm thankful for that foundation. But as you'll hear in the next episode, as I share a little bit more about choosing curriculum and how my process of that developed, um, that that type of education, basically Christian school at home, was not what we were looking for. Um, we, we wanted an educational model that really just permeated all areas of our life. And we will talk to this a little bit more later in the episode, but it does. It just, it becomes a part of your lifestyle and it is an important decision to make. Whatever, wherever you send your kids to school, it is an important decision that I personally feel like requires a lot of intentionality, a lot of thought. It's not something that should be flippantly made. And it's not really a decision that should be based on things like 
convenience, or you know even even cost. And I know sometimes that's the draw with the public school system as a Christian family is just that it's either free or extremely cheap. Christian school education is so expensive. Many families just can't afford that. Um, homeschooling can be super expensive. It, it can not be as expensive. You know, that that requires a lot of research and narrowing things down and finding out um, what works best for your family. But I, I do think when you make that decision on what does what does God want for our children's education, because it is so important, their education, it is such a giant part of their lives. I mean, what, like eight hours a day, five days a week? I'm not a math genius, but 13 years at least. You know, we have so many kids going to school K-4 or K-3 now. Um, That's a lot of time. That is a lot of our child's childhood years. Um, But even looking at it in terms of the time that we have with them in our homes, their educational time takes up a huge chunk, chunk, especially if you subtract you know, you've, you may be like, well, they're in our house for a large period of time, but yet a lot of that is sleeping. So, so much of that time is given to their schooling. And I just think it's a decision that shouldn't be made flippantly, um, that you really should, whatever you choose, you should be able to sit down with your husband and say, these are our reasons, even with the scripture, that we believe that God is leading us to this educational choice for our child. Your child actually, if you're if you put your child in in school, in any normal school, Christian school, public school, they are absolutely spending more time with their teachers and with their friends than they are with their parents, with, without a doubt. I mean, just mathematically, they are, because you work a job, or even if you don't, when they're home, most of that time is spent sleeping, and you they absolutely spend more time with school and with friends, and it's is no small wonder that the school now thinks that it can teach your children and our children things without our consent. Yeah, that the school is more important than the parent the parental authority. The decided that it's more important and that it has authority that the parents... Public school. Public I school mean, government, says, yeah. Um, ...have decided that they can make decisions without your consent. And as far as they're concerned, they spend more time with your children than you do, and they're not wrong. And, you know, it basically, boil it all down, the education of our children is our responsibility as parents. Whether you decide to share that responsibility with a teacher or teachers, or you take on all that responsibility for yourself. Well, hang on, let's let's use the right words. Whether you decide to contract that responsibility. You're not sharing the responsibility because ultimately God is going to require it of you. Yeah, I guess you answer parent. for it. You're going to be the one that answers for it. So you can subcontract that out to people that you trust. Um, whether you say, if you decide to put your kids in a Christian school, fine. Um, you know, but ultimately you're going to be the one that answers for it. So you still need to be intimately involved in the education of your child, whether you put them in a school or not. Way to correct me. Good job. (laughs) (laughs) Um, okay. So let's just jump into the content here of why we believe that God has led us to homeschool. And I mean, the first, the first thing is really... Because we believe that God has tasked us with that. As we have spent that time weighing different options, we just personally feel that 
God's led us to this. In uh, Deuteronomy chapter number six, in verse seven, we've brought this verse out before, but it says this, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto your child. He's speaking of the, the words of the Lord. And it says, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house and when thou walkest by the way and when thou liest down and when thou risest up. Um, and, you know, that, that passage basically describes everyday, day in and day out events um, within the life of every person. Now, he's specifically here talking about teaching the Word of God, but um, I think in a more broad way, it also applies to your child's general education. Obviously, when the children of Israel are marching around in the desert, they don't have schools to go to, so they're educated by their parents, and they're also um, giving them the spiritual instruction as well. So, uh, you know, and every man is the is the priest of his own house, and we find that in, in the Old Testament as well, being taught around the same passage. But the reason, one of the reasons why um, we decided to homeschool our children was just this right here that we find in Deuteronomy chapter 6. Well, this that, is kind of our scripture basis for the choice, really, is just even leading back to discipleship. I know that's a topic that's really near and dear to Simeon and I's hearts, just this, the discipleship model that Christ has set with his disciples. But really, the the call to Christ that he gave to his disciples was a call to be with Christ. The disciples you know, ate with Jesus, walked with Jesus, talked with Jesus, ministered with Jesus. They all traveled around together. They all slept in the same places. And I see that in this passage here is just in that training and discipling of our children that God gives us. I mean, there's, I, I would say there's a call to be with us. They don't really have a choice. We're, we're family. We're together. They, they're they with us. But it's that day in, day out, living life together, using every opportunity, whether it's, you know, I mean, Jesus would use just real tangible things to teach them lessons, give them pictures of things. And, and I think of that as we made the decision to homeschool, just the desire that we have to bring them along with us, walking together step by step through life, leading together, guiding together as we pursue an education. And what is the purpose of their education? What, why, why do we spend all the time? I mean, we want to turn out smart kids, but really the purpose is to equip our kids to be ready to fulfill whatever it is that God's perfect plan for their life is. That's why we do this. And, and we want to, to do all that we can to make them as ready as they can be to follow Christ. I think if you, if you are, if your goal is to do that, and is to prepare them for whatever God um, has for them in their life. I can't determine that. I can't know what God has for their life, but I can prepare them as best I can for anything that God might um, put in their path. That means being very sensitive to what they need um, when they need it. A teacher in a classroom can't really do that as well. I mean, some some teachers are phenomenal. Don't get me wrong. I had some really great teachers growing up. Well, nobody knows the um, child like a parent does. But nobody knows a child like a parent. And nobody can spend the kind of personalized time with a child like a parent can. If a teacher's got a class and a small class, even a class of 15, um, that teacher's got 15 kids that they got to keep track of that are all on the same grade level. And they can't do that in the same way that a parent can with their own kids, even if the parent has 15 kids. It's it's just not going to happen. And they don't know the child like you do. So preparing that child, knowing their interests, knowing how God's working in their heart, what stage of spiritual development they're in, 
all of that applies to their um, secular education as well. So we're just going to jump in. We have seven different reasons why we've chosen to be a homeschool family. But before we jump into that list, I do just want to say it again and remind you that in us sharing this, in us sharing how God's worked in our heart, we're not trying to, if you don't land where we have landed for your family, we're not trying to accuse you. We're not trying to say that you've picked a less than option. That That is the farthest thing that we're trying to do in this episode. We're just trying to say, this is where God's led us. And this is why, because we get asked that question so often, why do you choose to be a homeschool family? Well, for us, this is why. But for you, you follow God. And if you have reasons why you're putting your kid in Christian school, good. We are so thankful for Christian schools. They've played a huge part in Simeon and I. You know, if you choose to put your kid in a public school, that's between you and God. Have your reasons. Pray through that. Um, but I just I just want to throw that in there again as a reminder. Please don't think that we are acting like homeschooling is the most spiritual choice. Because your child's education is not an eternal issue, but I do think it is an issue that as parents, we need to be responsible. We need to put time and thought and prayer into this. And as you're doing that, we're just sharing why that we have decided to homeschool. Once again, the, the responsibility for the education of your ch- your kids falls on you. We It is not our job to judge anybody else or anybody else's decisions. We're just telling you what our decisions were because of the children that God has given us and tasked us with their education. So um, we will answer for ours. You'll answer for yours. You take it or leave it, you know. Um, but we feel for our family that this is what the Lord wanted us to do um, just because of where we have landed biblically, where we have landed um, ourselves um, in our own education. Yeah, so we're just trying to be helpful here. That's all that we're trying to do. Um, So I hope this is received in the way that our hearts are trying to give it. But so we're just going to try to go through these seven quickly. I promise we'll try to be quick. So the first one is why do we feel like God has led us, Simeon and Brittany Brazel, not anybody else, but Simeon and Brittany Brazel to homeschool Eden, Knox, and Ivy and possible kids in the future if God so desires. And the first reason is because our values are priority. So I really hope you listen to the next episode. I've already recorded it, so that's why I keep referencing it. It doesn't make any sense to you guys, but listen to it in a couple days and it will. Um, But in that, I really go deep into outlining our educational philosophy, our educational goals. I'm not going to take a bunch of time to do that here. I just, I really hope that you couple those two episodes together if this is an issue that you really want to listen to and think through. Um, But our values are priority and it's not you know, a principal. It's not a group of teachers. It's not a school board. Thank the Lord. It's not the government. Um, our values are priority. Now, even that in our values, I hope that it's not Simeon and Brittany's values. I hope that we are leaning on the Lord, seeing what he values, having his heart become our heart and having that trickle down even into our homeschooling. We've talked about we're responsible for our children's education and for their spiritual learning, especially in those early years. We're not responsible for their spiritual walk, um, but we are responsible as parents to instruct and teach our children in the ways of God, in God's word. Um, and, And that's just, that's one of the reasons that we have chosen to homeschool because whatever we feel like from our relationship with the Lord and our study of scripture, What he values is what we want to value in our hearts and in our home. And that takes 
ultimate priority in our homeschooling. People have said for years that quality time is more important than quantity time, and that's nonsense. <laughs> quantity time and quality time both are extremely important in the life of your child. Now, if you have all the quality time in the world, but somebody else has all of the quantity time, you're going to have trouble getting your values across to your child, but they're not going to have as much trouble getting their values across. Now, if you are very selective and you're a careful parent, you've put your kid in a really solid Christian school, then your values should match and that should be fine. Um, but it was important for us to say, okay, these are some biblical values that we want to get across um, in our philosophy of learning um, and a philosophy of education, Christian education. And in order to get those values most properly aligned with what we believed um, they should be, we decided that we needed to do it ourselves. <laughs> because who better to teach our values to our kids than us? Well, and I don't want to open a can of worms here in, in talking about the public school system, but it is obvious without very much research or look into it that the government is pushing values that do not align with God. Um, and I'm so thankful. I have some friends that are public school teachers, and I'm thankful that they can be a witness in that environment. I'm thankful that there are some public schools in more rural areas or different areas where a lot of this agenda has not taken over. Um, but we're seeing this tide almost of in these major cities and even trickling down. I mean, even here in Knoxville, just, you know, the, the gender issues and just sexual things that are being introduced to our kindergartners and just this fluid lifestyle and so many things that that we do not value um, are being taught. And, and that's what we're trying to say in the quantity versus quality. You know, I, I don't want my little ones, even really my teenagers, for us, we wanted to choose something that would not give someone hours a day putting one value system into our child's heart. And then when they came home, we had to try to flush that out and then re-put in God's value system. It can be done. And we've seen parents that have done a great job of it, but we didn't want to have to do that. I was even reading this book about this mom in, I think it was communist Russia, but they had no choice other than to send their kids to the government school. And it was straight up brainwashing, but she was a Christian mom. And when her kids came home, she would spend three hours every single day reading them the Bible and good, rich literature. And she would do that in with the hopes of trying to offset the value system that they were receiving in a day-in, day-out basis from the government school. And you know what? Her kids turned out to be strong Christian adults that went on to be persecuted for their faith. So anyway, I know that's an extreme example, but it can be done. But but all that to say, our, our values are priority. We just, we didn't want to have to sift through. We're going to have to do enough of that just living in this world. We didn't really want worldly values just dumped on top of our kids, especially at such a young age when they're just not able to decipher with a biblical perspective. And that leads into point number two. So number two is to develop a biblical lens. So what we mean by this, and and we shared in our episode about Gatekeeper. I hope you go back and listen to that one too. We're referencing so many episodes in this podcast, but 
real quick recap of the Gatekeeper episode. So we want to protect our children from the onslaught of those worldly value systems. But we also aren't naive enough to think that they will never have to live and face the spiritual battles of this world. And honestly, we want them to face those battles because that's why God put them on this earth. He didn't put them here to be in our safe nest forever where we can coddle them and protect them. No, he wants them to be warriors for Christ. And in order to do that, we need to prepare them for the spiritual battles they will face, which means in an appropriate time and way, we are going to have to introduce these issues that they will be battling. But we want to do that through a biblical lens. We want to do that through the safety of our home. You know, I mentioned I had younger siblings. They have been homeschooled. They have been in Christian school and they have been in public school. And it's been interesting to see even in, in I mean, definitely in the public school, but even in the Christian school, things that they have been taught or have to deal with things that if, if they didn't tell us, we might not even be aware of. I, some stuff is just introduced so young. I feel like as adults, we just dismiss that our kids would ever even have to face these things because they're six, seven, eight, but they are. It's being talked about. It's being viewed. It's being seen. And um, we just, and, and there again, we don't want to homeschool to shelter our kids and not give them exposure to the world. But we want to be able to be on top of that and to be proactive in that. We don't want them to hear about sex and pornography and gender issues and homosexuality and drugs and, you know, other addictive prescription things. I mean, I'm just rattling off a couple that come to the top of my mind. We didn't, we don't want them to hear that from a friend or from a, a, a teacher or something like that. We want to be able to introduce that to them again, not sheltering them, not hiding them. Also on the flip side, not making them grow up before they need to and robbing their innocence, but just being very involved in the introduction of some of these worldly battles that they will face. And when we tell them about things, when things enter our home or they happen in our life, because we live in this world, stuff is going to come across our paths, whether we like it or not. We're going to be walking down the grocery store and there's going to be a magazine with somebody that's not dressed and we're going to talk about it, but we're going to talk about it as a family. We're going to talk about it in light of scripture. And I hope as many opportunities as we have, that that will be their first introduction into these battles that they will face for the rest of their lives, living and being a part of this sinful world. To anybody that might have an, uh, it would bring out the argument that you're trying to shelter your kids. My question would be this, what is a shelter for? It is to protect them from something, right? So yes, if you want to be if you want to say that, I absolutely am trying to shelter my kids. I am not trying to over-shelter them. And here's what I mean. If my my uh, landlord usually does the mowing and I do the dangerous part of the mowing, okay? But he has the big tractor and he pulls it and he's and he's mowing the, he'll mow the yard. And my son absolutely loves the mower. And he loves to run out there and, and watch. Um, he runs up to the window and watches. But I can allow my son to watch him mow from inside the house through the window or I can allow him to watch him mow standing in the yard. Now, if he stands in the yard and watches him mow, there's a chance that he's going to get hit by the mower. If he stands in the house and watches through the window, there's no chance that he's going to get hit by the mower, but he has the same experience. The difference is only where the danger is. Now, 
do we want to expose our children to hardcore pornography in our house? Absolutely not. But can we expose them to it by saying that it exists and telling them the dangers that are involved there? Because they're going to run into it in the world just by walking out our front door. They don't need to be exposed to it by their friends at school or by somebody showing them something, you know, pulling it up on their smartphone that they have when they're seven for some reason and showing them something like that. Also, I want you, you might be listening to this thinking, their kids are four and two and one. Why is this stuff even on the radar? First of all, because they're getting exposed way sooner than we would ever even want to think. But second of all, we haven't talked to our kids about pornography. We, I mean, I'm just, I'm just want to say we are trying to prepare ourselves, equip us with the weapon of God's word proactively before it happens. Daniel purposed in his heart before he went to Babylon that he was going to stand for Christ. That's what we're trying to do as parents right now. So I don't want you to listen to this and think, oh my goodness, they're talking to their little ones about all this stuff. We haven't had those talks yet. There have been some things that have come up as they... I mean, our oldest, she's sharp. She catches stuff. She sees when a show has two mommies instead of a mommy and a daddy. And there's been some things that we have to pray and try to appropriately address. But there is a time, there is a place, um, there is a way in which to present things. Maybe, you know, the Holy Spirit leads you, don't go all the way, do this, you know, take it this far, being sensitive to age groups and different things. So I I just want to throw that in there just to clarify. Um, But they're going to be introduced way sooner, even than we were as kids. The question isn't whether or not they're going to be introduced to it. It is how they're going to be introduced to it and what will be the response when i was growing up you know i love my parents to death um and if they're listening to this they'll agree with it because when i was growing up the response was always an overreaction if i had a question about something there was an overreaction where did you hear about that why are we talking about that um and so it kept me from asking questions because i i felt like i was being accused of something um i don't want that for my kids I want them to have an environment in which it is safe and it is free to ask any question in the world about anything that they've been exposed through throughout their day. Um, And they have a safe home environment in which to talk about it and to explore that subject and to deal with it biblically. Whatever the subject is, whether it's lizards or pornography. (laughs) Well, and you know, in my home growing up, there, there was just topics that were awkward that we just didn't go there because there was just this awkward heaviness in the air and we quickly learned we just don't ask those questions because I mean we rarely asked anything of dad dad was just very busy on the road with his job a lot when I was little but it was just stuff we didn't ask mom because it was just super super weird you know so I remember I mean thankfully the Lord just protected me and I I was sheltered in many ways I didn't find things in in a terrible way but I mean (laughs) it's embarrassing I even remember like my first job I worked at a sub shop and there was a Christian bookstore right beside it and you know they had this whole section on like marriage and intimacy and stuff and I remember going over on my breaks like flipping through those books and trying to get answers for questions that I had I was 16 17 I, I I needed answers to some of these things and I didn't feel like I could talk to my parents about it and I wanted it somewhere now thankfully it was from the Christian book store bookshelf you know but kids are going to find answers to their questions all this to say i I don't know how we 
rabbit trailed into this big thing from why we homeschool, but we just, we want to be there. It's a biblical lens. Yeah, we want to be there to answer their questions. We try to tell our kids, hey, you can talk to mommy and daddy about absolutely anything. Anything, anytime, we are open to talk about whatever. And, you know, there's some things that are awkward and we are going to be like, oh my goodness, we got to talk about this. But, you know, I hope as parents that... That we just jump on that because we've been preparing. We're quickly armed with scripture and we're like, you know what? We want to be the ones to talk to you about this. We want to present it to you in the right way. But everything gets poured through the scripture. Um, And that's what developing a biblical lens is. It's literally, when we say lens, we mean lens. You're looking through something. I called it a window earlier. But you're, you're passing it through whatever the scripture says. And when you as a parent do that for your kids... For the first several years of their life, what do they learn from that experience? They learn, when I have a question, I filter it through the scripture. And they learn that, like we said, I can go to mommy and daddy with anything, and we're going to talk about it. Even if mommy and daddy have to say, hey, we don't have the answer for that right now. Let me pray about it. Let me look into the scriptures. Because, you know, even in... Just going back, we don't even want to say, well, this is what we do because we're Christians, or this is what we do because we go to such and such church, or this is what we do because this is how mommy and daddy were raised. No, we want to be able to go back to scripture. And what does that require? Our kids aren't asking these questions yet, but right now we are preparing as parents, equipping ourselves with what we need to answer those questions so that when they come, we're ready and able to speak to those. So we need to move on. By the way, that starts with you as the parent going to God with your questions. Yes. Yeah. Can't answer something that you don't know yourself. Okay. Number three, we're going to just kind of really rush through a couple of these. So we want to create a love of learning. Um, We want to see learning as more than just school. So we want an atmosphere in our home that we just love to learn. In in every aspect of our day, we are learning something. And this isn't to have this like super rigid, like everything has to be educational, educational games and toys and books and movies. And no, like, I mean, I, I love all that stuff and we have a lot of it. But it's not like, oh, every moment you have to be learning and there's no room for fun. Actually, having this mindset has swung us so far to having an absolute blast that I I didn't really even expect that when we kind of came to this. But I want our kids to see, hey, we school and learning is not eight to three and then you turn off the switch and then you have fun. No, learning is fun. You know, we're outside covered in dirt from head to toe, having a blast, laughing, rolling around. But in the meantime, we're identifying trees and talking about the ants and watching them crawl away with our picnic lunch. And I mean, that's just one example, but we just really want this lifestyle of learning, this love for learning. And I mean, I've always been really academic, so I I just, I love to learn. Um, But I even think Simeon shared with me some before that, You know, when school was over, he had to come home and then he had homework. And the last thing he wanted to do was spend his few free hours in the evening reading books or Mm. doing anything educational because he had been doing school all day. I was an adult. I I never read, literally never read until after we got married. (laughs) And even reading, like if you've listened to my podcast much, you know that we are a huge 
reading family. But even reading as a kid, I liked to read, but I saw it as a very academic school thing. Like, reading wasn't something that you really did for just pleasure and enjoyment. But we don't, we don't want our kids to feel like that. We don't want to punish them and be like, oh, go to your room and read and then see it as punishment. No, we want it to be books and this love of learning just so interwoven to how we live our lives. Again, homeschooling is a way of life and this learning and reading and it all intertwines together. And I love nothing more then when I'm doing a homeschooling lesson with Eden and we're learning today, we learned about the snowy owl and I saw her eyes just light up and mom, I remember reading about a snowy owl in one of our books and she runs back to the bookshelf and comes back and shows me and it was a snowy owl and we were able to look at the picture and be like, oh yeah, it, you know, the, the mama is white and the babies are gray and we learned in our school that that's because the babies start gray and then the adults turn white and, you know, then we went to the library and this was actually before we had the snowy owl lesson. She had picked out her book she wanted to get from the library was about the owl and the lemming. And in our homeschool lesson that day, we learned about the snowy owl and how their favorite animal to eat is the lemming. So then when we had our morning basket time and we pulled out our library books, again, her eyes lit up as she was like, that book is about the snowy owl. And I know he likes to eat lemmings. So it just, it all weaves together and I love to see her love for learning. Um, number four, we get to control the curriculum. Um, so I know, you know, with Christian schools, usually they have picked a, a safe curriculum, a Christian curriculum. Um, but with, with our homeschooling, not only do we have the opportunity to pick a God-centered curriculum, but we have the opportunity to pick a curriculum that aligns as much as we can get it to with our educational philosophy and our personal values for education. So it's very tailored to what we want to have education accomplished in the lives of our kids. Even a step beyond that, you know, we, we talked about how we kind of had a very traditional homeschool education method. Um, and we just, we, we really didn't want that for our overarching homeschool experience for our kids, but our oldest is very hands-on, you know, and, and I didn't want for her to sit for hours on end and be buried in workbooks and textbooks. And I just knew that that wasn't going to work with the, her learning style. So we were, we were able to adapt curriculum for our children's learning styles. So that was number four. Number five is just the relationship that it gives. It's so much extra time. And you know what? Honestly, as much as I love this aspect of homeschooling, I love having my kids with me all day, every day. I love learning together. There has been nothing like the experience of Eden and I going through kindergarten together. Like, I am learning. I am having fun and doing things along with her. I, I literally feel like we're like students together in this kindergarten thing. And it is such a joy. But on the flip side, it is a sacrifice. There are tough days. There are some days where I'd be like, man, it'd be so nice if I just had a break for eight hours a day and you, you just you have to figure out what what best works with your family but I'm so thankful for the extra time the homeschooling gifts to our family that time not only 
parent and child, but even as siblings, you know, and Knox, we don't do school with him, but he loves to sit on in on Eden's lessons. But even that extra time that, you know, they're not spending the majority of their day separated into different classes, but our kids are together and it really just creates this unity in a family. It is something that you have to be on top on, especially the mom, because as much as there are sweet moments of unity and bonding, there are as many, if not more, moments of arguing and just kids being kids and then mom being a sinful mom who loses it. And, you know, we, we have to work through those things. But I am thankful for the time that homeschooling gives us. One of the things that I like on this particular topic is that dad is involved. Um, I know, like, my dad, the extent of his involvement in my, in my education was um checking out the report card and giving me either looks of approval or glares of disapproval um, based on how my grades were. So, um, and then on occasion, he'd help me with spelling words. And that that was the extent of his involvement in my education, not because he didn't want to be involved, but because that was the nature of the way that I was schooled. Um, the way that we're doing it, um, Brittany usually reads kind of their like morning together lesson while we're at breakfast and I'm involved. So I know what they're learning, where they are, what kind of things are, are, are being discussed. And so because of that, throughout the day, I can ask a question or Eden will come to me because she knows I heard the lesson about the snowy owl this morning and she can run up and say, hey, look at this. And she's found one in her book or whatever. But I'm involved in the education of the kids in a way um, that I wouldn't be otherwise. And um, that isn't just because I'm home a little bit more than the average dad, but because we choose to do that at breakfast when we're all together. And you can do school at whatever time works for you. If dad's home in the evening, you can save a part of it for when dad comes home in the evening. Yeah, and I mean, our life situation is a little different right now. We are all pretty much together a lot just because we're in the deputation process and kind of in this waiting period of moving to Australia. Eventually, Simeon will not be in the home as much as he is. So I do think that element does require some intentionality by the dad and by the mom. You know, moms, we have to maybe, like he said, adapt some of the lesson to when dad's home or be the instigator at dinner time of, all right, let's talk to daddy about what we learned. And dads kind of need to take some of that, again, responsibility. The mom and dad share the responsibility um, of the child's education. The dads need to kind of step in there too, but it, just creating that family environment, it, it does take work. It does take some effort, maybe a little bit of rearranging, but that's one of the beauties of homeschool. This should have been a point, is you don't have to follow anybody else's guy I mean you know you might have to make sure you hit state regulations or whatever but you can make it work for you and for your family we have to keep moving here but that kind of leads into point number six so it's an adaptable atmosphere and there are so many so many ways that we could look at this let's go ahead and talk about schedule because I kind of went there so yeah if you if you want to do some school in the evening so that you can do it with daddy go for it um you know if you want to do a four-day week and leave an extra day for library or museums or you know extracurricular type things go for it you can if you want to do year-round school do it if you want to have mondays off and then do school on saturday do, you know what you can do whatever you want because that's the beauty of homeschooling is make it work for your family you have the flexibility of schedule you know and you have the flexibility of if life's seasons change you can adapt you can 
you can change along with it. You know, the thing about life seasons is they don't last forever. You know, you might have a newborn and there's just not going to, as much school is not going to get accomplished or it might look different. You know, you may watch a little bit more YouTube videos about the things that you're learning instead of doing as much reading or, you know, it just, it gives you the freedom to adapt as needed as a family. Um, curriculum. Curriculum can adapt. You're not locked into a curriculum choice. If something isn't working for your family, change. If you realize, hey, my child is struggling with this and this curriculum is not meeting that need, change. Um, there's just so much adaptability in homeschooling that, again, curriculum, everything that is out there marketed for homeschoolers are tools that you can use to perfectly tailor the homeschooling experience that you feel like God has for your family. And that is such a nice thing to be able to do. And then the last one, which is a funny one to throw in here, but I feel like this is one of the biggest arguments. Uh, well, okay, yes, I'll say biggest arguments because there's another thing that I kind of want to talk to, but it kind of fits under this, is socialization. So most people say, I don't want to homeschool my kids because they're going to be antisocial. They're not going to know how to interact in public, the public sphere. We have met those homeschoolers. Um, you know, they're awkward. They're weird. They don't know how to talk. Um, but we've also met a lot of homeschoolers. I hope that we are product of homeschooling that aren't weird and do know how to interact. Um, well, I'm a little weird. (laughs) Well, you know, I'm, I'm a little weird. I'm a lot of weird, but that's okay. (laughs) Anyway, um, but okay. One of the beautiful things that we love about homeschooling and you know, okay, it, it depends on your family, but I feel like if socialization is an issue for you, you can find other outlets other than school to socialize. Like, maybe you're a family that you, you are reclusive and you only stay home. Um, but, you know, if, if this is an issue, hey, get involved in the community. And there's so many ways you can do that. So many ways. Church. Church is a huge one for us. Most of our socialization happens And not just at church, but through church, through the friendships that we have from our church. You know, I I just, I I don't, our kids do not lack in the social department. I mean, honestly, sometimes I think we have more friends than we have time to keep up with. But another thing that I love about this aspect is, okay, so you may think, well, I want to send my kids to school so that they can be social. But one thing about homeschooling is it tends to give your kids a more broad social group. So instead of being with 20 or 30 other eight-year-olds for eight hours a day, five days a week, only being emphasized by their peer group, their age group, their maturity level, um, you know, homeschooling gives you an opportunity to outlet yourself in different ways that they're exposed to, yeah, kids their age, kids younger than them, kids older than them, teenagers, adults, older people. I, that is such a missing element, I think, in, in our families is having connections with older mentors. Um, but that, I just completely debunk that one. I just, I don't, I personally feel like socialization is not an issue. And a lot of people also say, okay, well, in the idea of socialization, like I want to send my Christian kids to public school so that they can learn to be a witness for Christ and that they can be a light in their school. I'm thankful for the Christian kids that are standing for Christ in the darkness of the public school system. 
But I don't think that that is a valid reason to choose to send your children to public school. Why? And it, and it comes back to this idea of just developing this biblical lens. Our kids are not mature enough to handle that pressure. You know, I mean, think about yourself. I, I'm thinking about me. How hard is it for me to witness to a random stranger? Like, I have to muster up some serious courage. And oftentimes, I completely avoid the opportunity, period, just because I'm, I'm weak and I'm sinful. If you're going to use that reason to send your kid to a public school, you had better be witnessing on a regular basis yourself. Because what example are your kids going to have to witness to their friends if they're not seeing mom and dad witnessing to the people at the grocery store or the people in their their co-workers or anything like that? So if you're using that excuse, you had better make sure you are witnessing yourself or you're just a hypocrite. I mean, I'm sorry to say it that way, but it's true. Well, and I want our kids to witness and I want them to be strong enough in their Christian walk that they would be able to stand up against the temptations in public school. But think about it. If your teacher is teaching, you know, evolutionary worldview, for example, and all of your classmates are agreeing with them and your 12, 13 year old is trying to stand up for truth in that environment. That is asking a lot of our kids who are still developing in their spiritual maturity. I wouldn't ask an adult who'd only been saved for four or five years to do that. So why would I ask a child who may have only been saved for four or five years to do that. Well, and we know the common reality, too, is most of the time it's the bad friend that pulls you down instead of the good friend that pulls the bad friend up. It's just, it's the way it is. It's easier to be pulled down than it is to pull somebody else up, especially when you are one against how many, not only how many peers, but how many adults. Um, so this is just in that socialization, those, those socialization period, but then also this idea of, well, my kid isn't going to learn how to stand for Christ unless they get put to the test. I agree, but I don't think the time to put them to the test is in those early formative years where, when they're trying to still grow, not only physically, but spiritually and emotionally and mentally, there is a time for our kids to do battle for the Lord. But there's also a time where God puts them in the quiver of of the archer where they are to be protected and honed and shaped to be made ready to be efficient in the battle. So I know we went long on here. Simeon, any parting thoughts? We need to wrap up this episode. I just wanted to say, since when has it been a good idea for maturity to surround yourself with your peers? You've In every avenue of education, of learning... You're always supposed to surround yourself with people that are smarter than you, right? If you want to be a great doctor, you hang out with greater doctors, okay? If you want to be a great lawyer, you read books, you study by people who are smarter than you are. So if you want your child to grow up to be a social creature, why put him around a bunch of other kids that are his age for eight hours a day every day? You know? Well, we've lost so much of that. I mean, I've, I think back to the Andy Griffith days when, you know, you, you sat on the porch. The kids sat there with dad and grandma and sometimes even great grandma. And you had that exposure. But now we've I feel like just as as a generation in whole, we've just come to this. Well, the older just generation doesn't have the intelligence level that my peers and I have. I mean, I'm even talking about like Simeon and I are 
my listeners, our age groups, you know, I think as a whole, the older generations have been dismissed. And your child learns to listen from speaking to people that are older than they are. Like, for, for instance, when I was in the secular workforce, I, I worked in sales um, for a while. And I particularly liked to work at one store because that's where all the old people were. And nobody else liked working at that store because all of my coworkers were my age. I was like, well, me and a couple of guys were the only ones that liked to work in that store because we were the only ones that had the patience to deal with old people. <laughs> okay? And I don't mean to say that. Well, and honestly, okay, but you had... I mean, I know you only homeschooled in your high school years, but you had a close relationship with a man that was how many years your senior during most of your high school years. And I honestly, I mean, I would have to... He was about 60 years older than me. And I would have to assume that that added to you liking to be around old people. And I was taught to have a respect for older people too. But it aided me in my maturing process to be around people that were not my age. It also aided me in my maturing process to be around people that were younger than me. But if I was always around people my age, it wasn't. It, that's not helping me any. That's that's what we call an echo chamber in the debate world. That's not helpful to anybody. You have to get an experience outside of yourself. And so when you're homeschooling your kids, of course, they're around their home all the time. But your social atmosphere is... Your kid's social atmosphere is their parents' friends as well as their friends. As yeah, well and you as, as the, the parent, you really control their social atmosphere. So if your issue is that you don't think they'll get enough of a social life, they're a social adapt. Either. Yeah. What What do you need to do? How do you need to implement them into things that already exist in your life? Or maybe how do you need to change things up to where they get that exposure? Um, but those are our seven reasons. I know this went long. Um, again. We just want to be helpful, and this is really just a personal testimony of how God has led our family. So don't feel like this has to be your family. I I mean, we, we gave some of our—obviously, we believe that God has called us to homeschool, to not send our kids to Christian school, and to not send our kids to public school. And we have reasons why. These are our reasons why. But there again, they don't have to be your reasons why. So— I hope that our spirit and our heart has come across in this. So all we're saying is enjoy the episode, listen to what how God's led our family, and maybe if it does challenge you to think about your choice, whether you continue to decide that you've made the right one or you think maybe we need to reassess this, you know, just all we're saying really is put thought into it and have your reasons why whatever your choice is. And these are our reasons. Again, our reasons. So I hope this episode was a blessing. I hope it answers questions of some people that have asked us, why do you homeschool? Um, This is our why. So I hope you enjoyed this episode, babe. Thanks for joining me. It's fun. All right. We'll talk to y'all next week. Just wanted to give a quick reminder about the giveaway that we have going on this month. So to celebrate six months of the No Higher Calling podcast, I am doing a giveaway for a $25 Amazon gift card. The way you can earn entries to that is by sharing on social media. If you go over to my Instagram page at no higher calling underscore, you will find a post that has all the details of how you can enter on Instagram. Um, on Facebook, it's just sharing and tagging me. Make sure you tag me in that. If we are not friends, send me a friend request and please send me a message saying who you are, that you listen to my podcast. That'll help me sift through the many friend requests that I have, what's real and what's not.
But it's just sharing, getting the word out there. Um, Anytime you share about the No Higher Calling podcast, whether it's a current episode, past episode, your favorite episode, tag me. And for everyone that I see, you get an entry into the giveaway for the Amazon gift card. So I hope you guys have so much fun with this. I just want to share what God is doing in my heart and hearts of many other moms as I have them on this podcast with as many mamas as I can to just watch in wonder and amazement as we see God transform hearts and homes as we get the truth in the hearts of us as women, as wives and mothers, and as we let him conform us to the image of Christ. So I I hope you have fun with this giveaway. Get involved, share, tag me. We will have this running the whole month of July. Um, We'll close it down July 31st and announce the winner in the first podcast episode in August. So we look forward to celebrating the six months of the No Higher Calling podcast and one of you as our winners. I hope that this episode has brought much glory to Christ, encouraged your heart, and strengthened you to be the wife and mother that God has created you to be. Thanks for listening.